Hello and welcome to episode 5 of Intruder Theatre in the Making podcast. I'm your host, Remy Rahuba, and thank you so much for tuning in. Now, a little bit of a different piece of music at the very beginning of the podcast. I just thought, well, I'm just going to spruce things up a little bit and give you a different um, fragment from uh, the soundtrack uh, for my play, uh, just to give you something different, not the same piece every time. And maybe next time we have another episode, I can play something completely different. Now, it's episode five already. I can't believe lockdown part two. Uh, I mean, it never ends. And um, and I just thought, well, maybe I can tell you what's happening with the piece uh, for the time being, because quite a lot of people ask me about Intruder even today. I had a call with a friend and she was asking me, Remy, what's happening with Intruder? So for the time being, uh, nothing is happening. Everything is put on hold. Um, we hope to go live and hope to the theatres in 2021, but nobody knows when it's going to be. Maybe in the summer, maybe in the late spring. Uh, for the time being, I'm focusing on another application for funding for the play that I have been writing over the pandemic about the work at the children home for autistic children so maybe that's the project that that development is going to go first before we move on with with intruder but nobody knows what's going to happen and um intruder is for the time being put on hold so that's the latest update now, uh, coming back to Intruder um, and what I was talking about in episode four was funds and foundations. So we need to go back in time. That's April 2012. And you may remember I was talking about sending all these emails and letters to different funding organizations and theaters and uh, inquiring about development and getting money for the initial development of the piece. Now, of course, all the replies, all the emails were no, no, no. Um, so there was really nothing that I was looking forward to, apart from um, a meeting with uh, the literary manager of the National Theatre of Scotland, who at that particular time was George Aza Salinger. Now, I had been emailing George for quite some time at that time, uh, and it was just a matter of time when we would meet. Um, and we met in uh, April. I dug up my emails and um, found um, an email from the 11th of April 2012, um, and I sent it to Catherine and David, who I was working, uh, well, who were attached to the project. And this is what I said after meeting George. I've just met with George from the NTS. We had the general chat get together, so it was nice to meet him. He suggested we participate in the scratch night by NTS this May. However, I'm off to Iceland in two weeks till May 15th, so that's out of question. However, maybe that's an idea we could consider for the future either at the Arches or NTS. He seemed to have enjoyed the piece and was very much keen to be informed of what's happening with the piece. 
so that's the meeting and that's the impression I had and um, but we stayed in touch uh, well I stayed in touch with George uh, after our meeting and George was very very helpful and I will talk about him uh, in some other episodes but coming back to Catherine and David and to that email and talking about scratch night we did have an idea to actually put the piece on its feet and to try it with an audience uh, that's why we were talking about doing some kind of a little performance a little bit of a presentation and national theater of scotland was doing something like that at that particular time and we wanted to be involved in it but because I was going to Iceland on a holiday for two weeks, I couldn't attend it. Uh, but I think anyone who is working on any project or any piece, I would always encourage anyone to participate in any activities and doing something, sharing the work with other people, because it's really very useful. And I know that from experience to get feedback from people to know, OK, this is the piece that needs to be developed more or that's underdeveloped or that's the piece that people love uh, and I think it's wonderful to get that uh, interaction with the audience and this is what we were trying to do. Well it didn't work out with the National Theatre of Scotland but we were thinking okay if that doesn't work maybe we can take part in another scratch night by NTS. Also it was around the same time I got uh, my feedback from the playwright studio. You might remember I was talking about meeting Fiona Sturgeon Shy from the playwright studio, uh, the creative director at the Mitchell's Library in Glasgow. And after that meeting, I sent her my piece. And the Playwrights Studio is this wonderful organization in Glasgow who helps playwrights, emerging playwrights, with different aspects of playwriting and they also run the national script reading service so whoever has whoever has any piece of writing and you want to have some feedback on it you can send it to them and one of their readers will read it and send you their um, feedback on it and after I met Fiona I did it and then she sent me the feedback which was very good at that time uh, for what it was and what the piece was Uh, and it was also interesting to know how other people see it um, because I had already got feedback from Caroline from the Royal Court. Here we had another feedback from the Playwright Studio. So all these kind of forms and opinions were very, very useful for any future work that we were to do. And of course, we were planning to do development on the piece. So that always came in handy. So I'm kind of thinking, great, um, you know, I met George. uh, Now I'll be going on holiday to Iceland. But um, something happened that I really didn't expect. And what it was, was that David, who had been attached to the project as a director, emailed me and said that he wouldn't be available to help me with the project anymore because he was going to travel with the project, but also because he was going to be working in London and it would have been impossible for him to travel to Glasgow to work on the piece. 
which I completely understood. Um, and that was it, really. Um, I was there again, uh, starting from scratch, um, because um, I only had Catherine attached to the project. And I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do now? I need to look for someone else. Mm. Also, you know, none of the emails from the funds and foundations um, bore fruit. So it was kind of like being at square one, uh, to be quite honest. But I really didn't think about it too long because uh, in June um, I was going to Amsterdam to work on Before I Sleep by Dream Things Speak at the Holland Festival. You may remember I was talking about Dream Things Speak in my previous episodes and that particular play. It was so successful that the Holland Festival invited this site-specific production to be performed over there in Amsterdam. Uh, So I was very, very excited about it because I loved being part of that project and it was it was incredible. So I went to Amsterdam. I had a great time. And I think it was also the time for me to think about certain things, to reflect, to think what can I do next with the piece, who to approach. And I think it's always good to have these projects because they... They kind of take you out of that bubble and then you can look at something from a different point of view. And that was definitely the case with Before I Sleep. I stopped thinking about my solo piece and I focused my energy on something on something new. Well, I knew it, but it was a new environment, new cast, uh, a new venue and quite an exciting place to be. I loved Amsterdam. Uh, it was incredible. Um, so that was in June. And then when I came back in July, I was thinking, OK, I'm starting from scratch. Where do I start? I knew that I would be going for uh, Arts Trust Scotland fund again because they told me to reapply. But I needed to find a director. And the very first thing I did was I contacted my very good friend from drama school. Her name was Amanda Gohan. And um, so I immediately went to the people that I knew. And Amanda studied with me. Uh, She studied directing and we never worked together during our year, which is quite bizarre. Mm, uh, But we always stayed in touch. Uh, you know, whatever she was doing, she always told me I went to see it and I loved her work. I think she was extremely talented and uh, I was really, really excited to see what she was going to come up with. Uh, I was always telling her that she would be the next artistic director of the National Theatre of Scotland. But um, it would never happen because she passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, but I would talk about it in some other episode. So I'm going back to Amanda, um, asking her, would you like to work on it? Amanda said, just can I read it? She read it. She's, she liked it. And then I already had a director attached. So I already had my team, Amanda as the director, Catherine as a dramaturg. And uh, I was quite happy to proceed with my resubmission for Arts Trust Scotland. Now, I didn't need to do the whole application. 
I just needed to replace certain bits and bobs and put info about Amanda instead of David. And I submitted my application, I think, by mid August 2012. And because I lived in Glasgow, I always went to the Fringe either to see the plays, but also when I went to the Fringe that year, I was looking for different workshops where I could find out about development of plays or funding, stuff like that. And uh, the Playwright Studio does loads of workshops, so um, I checked that out. And I also went to other workshops and panel discussions uh, ran by other organisations. And one of the workshops I went to was by the National Theatre Studio. Um, I think it was at the National Theatre, a studio for new work. And we are talking about 2012 I am not really sure whether they exist anymore or they have a different name. So I went to it because I remember I saw on the website that they wanted to uh, help emerging playwrights with their plays. But I was slightly disappointed when I left because it turned out that they were helping mid-scale theatre companies or people that they were interested in uh, with the project. So for me, as a solo performer and just a, a theatre making, uh, a theatre maker, sorry, it was not for me. So although they were very nice and very uh, generous that they did that talk, I remember I left um, kind of disappointed, thinking, well. Um, well, they wouldn't be able to help me. So a really, once again, a period of trying certain things out and and doing and going, but really nothing helped, like nothing, nothing. Uh, and I was just really, really hoping that this uh, uh, Astra Scotland application was going to be successful because that was the really last resort. And a very interesting thing happened uh, in August 2012 when I was going to Edinburgh. Uh, I was working at the Riverside Museum and I went to Edinburgh whenever I had a day off to see a play or take part in a workshop. And I bumped into Ed Litterwood in the street. And you may remember Ed was one of the producers on um, The Builders where I worked at the Travers Theatre and Ed is uh, the co-producer of Intruder. Uh, but in 2012, um, I just knew him from The Builders and I was briefly telling him about my piece and what it's about, that it's about assaults and muggings and stuff like that. And he then told me about uh, the restorative justice system. And as soon as I heard it, I said, what? I just really couldn't believe it. I I knew immediately that this was something that was going to be in my play, and it is. Uh, I'm not going to talk about where it is in the play, but as soon as Ed told me about this, uh, this system, I couldn't believe it because this was something that I wanted to have in the piece, but I didn't even know how to articulate or I didn't know that anything like that even existed. 
So you never know. And uh, I always think and uh, I think with time we would be able to see that even going to different events, concerts, I met people or I bumped into people that became very, very important in my journey. That's actually, uh, that's very interesting. Um, um, Whether it's coincidental, although I don't believe in coincidences, um, that's interesting that every time I went somewhere, well, maybe, maybe not every time, but very often whenever I went somewhere, was like I was to go to that particular event and and experience it and get something out of that. So I knew after meeting Ed, incredible, great. I was very, very happy that I bumped into him and he gave me an idea for my play. Well, a story, sub-story in my play. And then um, thinking about, okay, what can I do next? I came back to the Playwright Studio and um, I knew they were running and I still they still do run the mentoring program where they, I think, select five mentorees and they attach them to a mentor, uh, a professional playwright who mentors them in writing a new play. So I thought, well, I'm Scotland based and why don't I go for it? So I submitted my application and the decision came after a couple of weeks and it wasn't the decision I wanted. But uh, there was something in it that really surprised me. And when Fiona emailed me back, she said, we really had quite a debate about your piece. Unfortunately, it didn't go your way. However, uh, one of our mentors, and it is Peter Arnott, would like to um, email you and meet with you to talk about your piece. And I was quite surprised that, you know, although it was a negative decision, there was some positive in it. And before I even knew it, I already got an email from Peter. Uh, That's on the 5th of October 2012. This is what I got. Hi, Remy. Fiona has written to you, I think, about the mentoring scheme. I'm sorry you weren't picked, but I'd like to meet up sometime. Uh, I was very interested in what I think you were trying to do. Might we have a cup of coffee sometime? And of course, I was extremely happy because Peter Arnold is uh, one of the leading Scottish playwrights. And I've heard about his plays. He was actually one of the playwrights who worked on my acting and directing course, MACCT, but a year after me. Uh, So I was really quite chuffed that he was willing to meet with me, Um, especially as I didn't know what was going to happen in the future. But with time, Peter also would be very helpful and I would talk about him a little bit um, in some other episodes where I would be focusing on um, staying motivated and having people to come back to in case you have any questions. And Peter has been helpful um, since that time, since we got in touch and that's 2012. Always very generous. Even last week I was trying to email him something, ask for help and he emails you right away. It's quite astonishing how 
helpful uh, people can be. And I think around that time, that decision from Arts Trust Scotland came. And I remember I was coming back from the Riverside Museum where I was working. I uh, had a night shift, like an evening shift. And I opened my email and there it was, uh, a positive decision about my application that we would be uh, awarded money. I was over the moon. I was so excited. Uh, goodness me, uh, how happy I was uh, that um, all these efforts and the work that I put in in all these applications finally worked and bore fruit and then I could pay the people and then I would be able to uh, spend time on my play. And I emailed Catherine and Amanda right away and I told them about it and we were all very, very happy and and I thought, okay, now we can start planning their development uh, and that would happen in December. One of the things that I was slightly concerned was that the amount of money, I remember I applied for £1,500, but I only got uh, £1,000 um, and I was slightly concerned whether I would be able to pay people because I was applying for a five-day development. But then having spoken to Amanda and Catherine, they said, no, five days, that's actually quite a lot. Three days would be enough. And actually it was. Uh, Amanda told me, you know what, you don't need five days. You can have three days split into half days. So you can have one full day and then half a day, half a day and then one full day. Because actually, as a writer performer, you also need to go back home. You need, you need to think about it. You you need to redraft it or have a think what we speak about during the development. And, and that was true. And for anyone who is applying for funding for a development period on a play, you know, if you don't get the amount that you want, that's not the end of the world. You can you can do something with it or, you know, you can maybe work uh, fewer days and everything is possible just like it was in my case that instead of five days I had three days but then when you split it into three and then half days it all makes sense and and it did uh, we worked on it um, in December 2012 a uh, just before Christmas and working on the play was a really wonderful thing I didn't know that it would be so much fun um, me, Catherine and Amanda, uh, you know, had a great time. They helped me immensely. Uh, I threw everything at them, all my accounts, all the events. And, you know, they miraculously uh, drew conclusions from it. They put it all together. They told me, OK, these are the bits that we can focus on. These are the bits that we can get rid of. And um, I wasn't particularly very protective of my work. I just believed and trusted that whatever they were saying uh, was right um, because I didn't really have a lot of experiences or I didn't have a lot of experience, uh, you know, in new writing or the, like proper development apart from the work that I did on my MACCT course. Um, 
So we played with loads of ideas, we talked about stuff, I had separate sessions with Catherine as a dramaturg, I had separate sessions with Amanda, uh, we also employed a Scottish actor, uh, his name is Mark Wood, who I still keep in touch with, a lovely guy, um, because uh, Amanda didn't know whether maybe it was a play for two people, not one, so that was also an idea that we were playing with. And I think that's the development, that's what you do in development. You play with certain ideas, you play with different aspects. And we talked about something or we got rid of certain things. And then I went back home and I redrafted the piece. Although, you know, as I was saying, we had done some work on it before with David. We didn't want to... um, forget about it so still the piece had a very non-linear structure because I always loved it and Catherine and Amanda always liked that idea so we were trying to build up on what we already had we never uh, wanted to just get rid of what we had uh, but try to chip in, add, uh, maybe elaborate uh, or, you know, there were pieces or fragments of the of the piece that were underdeveloped or we were talking about, okay, this is a very strong image, I think we should keep it, but here maybe we need more detail and that was very, very helpful for me as the writer to actually go, okay, so next time when I redraft, I can pay attention to all these details. I think that if we hadn't got that amount of money from uh, Creative Scotland, I don't think I would have been able to, um, to just progress with the piece. And also, interestingly enough, that's also the time when... Um, when the piece changed its title. So it wasn't um, Unlucky Pehove anymore, it was The Visitor. That's what Catherine Rovner suggested, which I loved, and and we kept that title uh, um, after that development. But also that development had a very symbolic meaning to me. Um, prior to the development, I found out that Dream Things Speak was working on another production, and that was in the beginning was the end at the Somerset House, and Tristan Sharps uh, very kindly asked me to work on it, and I said yes, and he said wonderful, but one of the conditions is that we only take people from London. So if you want to take part in it, you need to be London-based. And well, I couldn't say no, and I said yes, so I knew that I would be moving to London in January. Um, So we did the development which was the very last creative thing I did in Scotland. So it was a wonderful ending to my Scottish life, as I always called it. Um, uh, I moved to Scotland in 2005, and that was the end of 2012, so seven years of living in Scotland, which I always uh, look upon uh, very fondly. And I'm always grateful to Scotland for whatever happened over there. I went to Poland for Christmas and then 
That was me leaving Scotland on the 3rd of January 2013. But what happened after that and how uh, I redrafted Intruder, I will be talking about it in the next episode. So thank you so much for tuning in and I'll hopefully speak to you next time. Bye for now.